Hi guys, it's John Hare. Hey, before we start the podcast, I have to record this right before I'm posting it. On this podcast, we talked to Brandy Lyons about an event that was supposed to happen at the V6 Ranch in Parkfield, California. Unfortunately, with the deluge of rain that we've gotten, they've had to move the event. This is from Maria Liverett's Ria's Ranch page, and I'm just going to read it straight up so you'll know what's going on about the event. It says, sadly, the weather has prompted a change in the venue for the V6 clinic. The bunkhouses are flooded, so we cannot use this beautiful ranch. I may try again to use the V6 in the near future, so stay tuned. We are still doing a clinic. The clinicians are Brandy Lyons, Maria Liverett, and Lindsay Patterson, three trainers, and there's still four days of riding, and it's now half the cost. Cow work and obstacle work in a covered arena. This year's weather requires a covered arena so we can relax. Sadly, no Cole Cameron. I will figure out another event closer to Sacramento area that we can bring him back to help us with our cow work. This clinic will be held at the AT Ranch Equestrian Center. The stall fees are $15. Stalls are self-cleaning and feeding. The new clinic cost is $8.50. The address is 1360 Freewort Road, Lathrop, California. It's still going to be a great event. The podcast still has some really excellent information about it. And one day, we'll all get to ride on the V6 Ranch. Thanks again for listening. And enjoy today's show about horses and horsemanship with horsewoman Brandy Lyons on the Woe Podcast. I love you guys. The show has topped 100,000 downloads, and it's because of you. Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses. I'm your host, John Hare. The podcast is on fire in 2017 with more downloads each and every month. Thanks to everyone who listens and shares the show. Those that take the time to write a review or sign up for our weekly email, I thank you twice. It's the listeners who inspire me, and I know it. So when one of you talks, I do my best to listen. Leo Van Sistine lives in Vacaville, California. I've never met him in person, but we kind of know each other through Facebook and the show. Leo messaged me that I had to talk to two of his favorite trainers, Carson James and Brandy Lyons. A little research and I find both of them. In looking at their schedules, I see Brandy is one of the hosts of a clinic here in California in less than two weeks. Now most of the time it takes longer than two weeks to set up an interview, edit, create the media page, and publish. I won't bore you with the details about all the heavy lifting I do, but my life is more than sitting in front of a computer editing audio. Anyway, I reach out to Maria Liverette, one of the other hosts, because to me, this is a dream clinic. It's being held at the absolutely gorgeous V6 Ranch in Parkville, California. It's limited to 15 riders, and there are five. Yes, count them, five clinicians. That is an incredible student-to-teacher ratio. Maria is great. She connects me with Brandy, and in less than 24 hours, we get our conversation recorded. I have to admit, I didn't know much about Brandy. Oh, sure, as a daughter of John Lyons, she has to have had some of his horsemanship rub off on her. 
but she is a unique horsewoman in her own right, and she saw a need to specialize her clinic to a particular type of horse owner. Like, for example, I talked to this lady last night, and she said, I really want to come to your clinic. I just feel like I don't know enough. I, I'm just not one of those that are, you know, really, I don't remember what word she used, but, you know, she's just like, I just kind of ride for fun. And I said, you'll do perfect. You know, that is exactly the kind of rider I want to work with. And she said, but my horse knows more than I do. And I said, great. I said, so does my phone. My phone knows how to do a lot more than I know how to work it. But that doesn't mean that I can't use it. Right. And I said, the cool part is you want to learn where all the buttons are. So you're just going to a clinic to learn where the extra buttons are. Don't be surprised to learn that she also teaches to many other disciplines and styles. You'll hear all about it, and I even get her to throw in some horsemanship tips. One quick note, after my conversation with Brandy, I have a brief talk with Maria Leverett, who will tell you all about the clinic at the V6. You may not be able to go, but listen anyway. And when you fall asleep tonight, I guarantee you'll dream about it. And now, sit back and enjoy my conversation with horsewoman Brandy Lyons. Okay, John, I am finally all yours. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Brandy. Thanks for joining us on the show. Oh, it's such an honor. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up with kind of an icon in the natural horsemanship industry, your father, John Lyons. You know, I, I get that asked to me a lot. Like, what was it like? I think it was like just all of our lives. I mean, I had a father, I had a mother, I had a really good parents. I did have a unique life in the fact that I got to travel around the country and meet people all the time. And, um, and for that, it was incredible. You know, there was two people in my life as my father. There was my father and there was John Lyons. And my dad was just my dad. I mean, he was just a dork that, you know, <laughs> uh, just made jokes. And he's just, a, I mean, he's just a very, very loving man. Um, and then there was John Lyons. And I have two different outlooks. I mean, John Lyons to me is somebody that helped and changed um, so many lives, horse lives, people lives. You know, and I'm told, like, I get stories all the time when I show up to a place about, oh, I met your dad 20 years ago and he sat down and he took time with me and, you know, he made me feel important. And, you know, and that's what my dad did is he, he really did care about people and he really did care about their journey with their horse. And, and obviously he loves horses and he, you know, went and changed the entire industry on how horses were changed, but, or trained, but, but the way that he loved people was what, you know, I literally thought my dad walked on water as far as John Lyons. I really thought that he was just the most impressive trainer out there. So in in that regard, you know, it was amazing to grow up with John Lyons around me all the time, teaching me about horses, teaching me how to care about people, teaching me how to um, treat others and how to be proud of yourself. And were you able to just go out and have fun with your horses or were you always looking... Uh, growing up with horsemanship technique? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, we definitely had freedom, you know, like our vacations in our life were going camping and stuff. And, and it wasn't always about training. I mean, you know, what the best thing about dad is that he changed every year, how he trained horses and how he, how he taught. 
it it evolved over 20 years. He's still evolving. Like that's the that's the whole idea with the Lions method is it is evolving every year. Every time we try to think of changing it and so it's not the same. So regarding that, no, we weren't always the you know, just doing the same stuff and we for sure had fun. You know, he let us kind of do whatever we wanted with our horses. Um, there wasn't really any restrictions. It's just we loved horses. So right. the idea behind Dad's method is how can we get the horse to do what we want him to do without being rude and without being pushy about it? How can we get the thought across to them what we want them to do? Mm-hmm. That has evolved to better and better techniques. But back then, that's just the way we were raised. So no matter what we were doing our thought processes was how can we do this in a nicer way? And was there a little bit of competition between you and your brother, Josh? Oh yes. Yes. We are very, actually my whole entire family is super competitive. My sister, even, you know, her son is a wrestler at Penn state. He's one of the best in the world. She, after having four kids went and, you know, was the quarterback for the Denver Valkyries for the, in a, for the WNFL. Wow. I mean, we're just, yeah, we're a very competitive family, period, whether it's sports or the horses. But, you know, so, but yes, Josh and I are incredibly competitive in a fun, loving way, not in a negative way. Right. <laughs> did, <laughs> did you grow up doing any competitions or have a particular discipline that you enjoyed? Sadly, no. We didn't ever get into one thing because we traveled so much. We didn't get to stick to anything. However, the, the good part about that is we got exposed to everything. I mean, you know, Martha Josie was the first one that, you know, exposed me to barrel racing. I mean, how how incredible is it that your first teacher's Martha Josie right. in barrel racing or the first dressage horse I ever rode was with Lynn Palm, you know, and I got to ride Rugged Lark was my first dressage experience. Man, man. I mean, so, yeah, no, I didn't get to stick to anything and com- compete in anything. However, I was exposed to the best of the best and, you know, got to do some amazing things. And when you were exposed to those other styles of horsemanship, was was it just kind of a general feeling of learning? I mean, did you go to Lim Palm because she was looking to your dad for training or were were you guys combining and kind of merging philosophies? Yeah, you know, it's more about merging philosophies. So people think that everybody's in this competition against who has the best method or who's doing what, or it's actually, we're all, all of our goals are to figure out a way to teach a horse, you know, what we want in a better way. And Lynn Palm might have a new exercise that works better or, uh, Jonathan Fields, like I love talking to Jonathan because he gives me some new ideas. Yes. Craig Cameron and I have worked together. You know, Chris Cox. I mean, all of us work together because we're trying to figure out, hey, do you have a new method? Do you have a new way of teaching that flying lead change? Are you what have you learned this last year? And it seems like the top people, you know, they're interested in still learning. They don't think they know it all. They're still wanting to learn. So as far as I can see, that's, you know, at every expo, that's the best part is you get together and you ride together and you say, what are you doing? What have you been doing? What have you learned? And it's amazing. So that was like when I was traveling around dad as a kid, you know, we'd show up at these expos and he would be around, you know, all these great trainers and they're all just kind of conversing and seeing who has gotten what out of what the last year, you know what I mean? 
Was that, do you have a favorite story that you tell about traveling with your dad? Oh, I have to think, you know, I, I, you know, put me on a spot, but. Was there, was there a time, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe things didn't go exactly as planned at a, at a demonstration? Okay. So a couple stories pop up into my head. The first one is when Josh and I got into some major trouble and this kind of goes on the whole competition part. Uh huh. We were in, I believe it was in Boston and I, I remember it being a very large crowd, probably five, 600 people at this um, symposium of dads and dad, it was kind of a lunch break. And so dad was out talking to people and my job was always to have like zip ready or zip in the arena or, right. you know, and Josh was out. And I don't, I don't know why we were in the arena at that time, but we were, and I was on zip bareback and Josh loved to rope. He would, I mean, he literally roped everything around him. So he always had a rope in his hand anyway. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm teasing him or doing something to make him want to rope me. And, um, and we're making like fun with the crowd. The crowd's kind of laughing. It's all like kind of fun. And I decide that I'm going to take off on, on zip as fast as I possibly can. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't catch me. Well, Josh uh-huh. throws that rope as I bolt off. The problem is, is I went fast enough that he couldn't let go of the rope quick enough. And I mean, he yanked me off that horse, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I get the wind knocked out of me. And I'm on the ground, and as I get up, I see my dad walking into the arena. And Uh-oh. we know we are in trouble because, for one, you know, we're basically doing something that's com- incredibly unsafe and not good in front of everybody. You know, it's not like I had a helmet on or anything like that. And so my dad was mad. <laughs> <laughs> but Josh is like, nah, 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 nah. You know, he, he got you. <laughs> So that's one of the stories. Um, as far as things not going well, I was kind of a, I don't know, I was I was definitely a girl in the sense of emotional. And I was a teenage girl, which I have five teenagers or five girls now. And, and so I relate my one daughter, Daisy, that's on the road with me. She has my kind of personality. So if she believes in something, she stands up for it. And so I had that as a teenage girl and I voiced my opinion all the time. Well, one time, um, my dad, he got bit by one of our horses and I remember him just turn around. And I mean, he had that three second rule where you could, you know, hit him or whatever, but he just clocked this horse. And I mean, I was so mad. And now understanding as an adult, if a horse bites me, yes, if you get after him quick, but, Dad had better techniques. It's just in that moment, he couldn't use those better techniques. So he did hit him. Well, I was furious. And I said, you don't deserve the name John Lyon. (laughs) I storm out of the barn and I don't talk to him for three days. And I'm like, I will never call you John Lyons again. You know, (laughs) three days. Yeah. I was so mad. So yeah, I had, um, I, we had some, yeah. So <laughs> that's about all I can say about that. <laughs> now, when you do get together with your dad and do you talk about philosophy? Is your philosophy a little bit different than his and Josh's? Do you guys? We all have different spins. The The philosophy is the same. The, the um, theories are all the same. It's just we use different exercises or different um, techniques and teaching them. I'm a little bit, you know, I'm 
on the girl side of things. So physically, I'm not as strong as my dad or my brother. So some things I can't do just because physically, I just don't have the ability. You know, I've had three kids, I've had neck surgeries, I've had some accidents. So I'm physically not able to do as strong of things as they are. So I've had to change some of the exercises. Now, uh, so we're all a little bit different, but our base is the same. Um, Josh is off more in the performance side. I can tell you one thing about Josh. There isn't anybody better out there in the world as far as performance training. And he is just fabulous. And he thinks outside the box and he's just amazing. And my dad, there isn't anybody that can break it down slower and smaller and do, you know, the smallest of steps. I mean, there's just nobody better than my dad for that. I kind of sit in the middle. I'm, I kind of can get bored with things a little easier. So I don't stay, stay basic for so long. And I'm not as good at Josh of doing the performance. So um, I'm kind of, and I've been a trainer, like a monthly trainer in Arizona for 15 years while I was raising my kids. And so I kind of sit in the general public in the middle of the general public of what the general public is needing, you know, getting your horse to stand still, getting that horse broke out, getting the correct lead, you know, getting your horse to walk down the trail, you know, right. that kind of stuff. So that's my realm. When you were talking about your dad breaking things down into smaller parts, it, my very first horse that I had in 2005 had got its leg caught between the, um, the water trough and the fence and had a big gash on the back of his leg. Now, like most people, my first horse was a little bit more rambunctious than I, because my ambitions were greater than my common sense. And I took him to the vet and they fixed him up, cost me a, a fortune. And, and I had to change the bandage and the vet says, you should bring him back here. And I said, well, how much is that? And I'd already gone way over budget on, on repairing this horse. And she says, well, I don't think you can change that bandage. And I happened to see your dad doing a demonstration on RFD TV about having a horse pick up his feet. So I knew I was going to have to change this horse's bandage in three days. So every morning before work, four o'clock in the morning, I broke down the steps that your dad had demonstrated on the show. I hadn't even thought about this till you brought it up. And when it came time to change that horse's bandage, he stood like a statue while I took it off, redressed the wound, washed the wound, and then put the bandage on. So it you're right, that breaking those steps down is a really important part of horsemanship. And it's amazing how you can take one technique like that and then try and teach the horse other things from that that one kind of core concept. Right, right. And that's what I was saying. Like all of our theories are kind of the ba- the same. So we might go about it a little bit different. But it's just like you understanding why, why breaking that down made that made your goal work. You know, then you look at another goal. Let's say your goal is to get a nice collected slow lope. Well, then you start going, okay, how can I get a horse slower? How can I get a more collected? How can I pick up the correct lead? And if you break all of those steps down into their individual steps, and then later on start putting them together. Um, that's how you get your goals. So, right you know, that's what, and dad's, dad's the best. I mean, he is amazing at that. And you actually reminded me of a story in, um, I think we were at the Madison, um, was Madison Expo or it's the, one of the expos out there in, um, either Minnesota or Wisconsin. I I remember it being cold. That's the only only (laughs) thing I remember. But anyway, uh, dad had a horse that couldn't pick up its back feet. 
And he said, you know, I think I'm going to, and he, in, in front of the audience, he goes, I think I'm going to try something different, you know, because normally it would be about, you know, kind of getting the ropes around the legs and getting him soft with the leg, you know, all of that, right? Right. He said, I think I'm just going to try something different. And he said, we know that horses give to pressure and release, and we know we can talk to each body part, you know, and he broke it down to where he was just disengaging the hip. But as the horse disengaged its hip, the, you know, as he moved, as he disengaged to the right, the left hind foot would come up off the ground. Well, when the left hind foot would come up off the ground, he would release the pressure. Well, he slowed it down to this horse so much that pretty soon he could touch the lead rope and the horse would pick up his left hind foot. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, how in the world is he doing this? But the horse figured out that my dad wouldn't put any pressure on his um, halter if if he'd pick up his left hind foot. Well, so he got him picking up the foot before ever touching it. Right, okay? right. So then he finally, by the time that um, he wanted to go back there and, you know, touch it and hold it and pick it up, the horse is already picking up and handing it to him. So the That's horse right. zero yeah. issues of kicking and stuff. So I went home. I was like, I've got to try that. That is so cool. So I did it with the front feet on this uh, thoroughbred that we had bought in Dallas. And his name was Dallas because we weren't really good about naming horses. So <laughs> anyway, we had a week in at home. So I was going to try it there. And then my dad was going to take it to the next symposium and then sell him at the next symposium. Uh-huh. So anyway, so I play with the front feet and I got it to where I could just point to whichever foot I wanted and the horse would pick up the feet. And wow. oh, so cool. And then we take it back to um, the symposium and uh, my dad starts trying to break this horse out. Well, a horse will always revert back if they get confused on something that you're wanting. They're going to revert back to the thing they know you want. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, just because if they get confused, I mean, they want to please us. So anyway, so Dallas is out there and dad's trying to round pin him and the horse won't move. He just keeps picking up each foot. You know, <laughs> what you want, mister, you know. <laughs> my dad was like, oh, Brandy. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so it oh, is amazing yeah. what horses are willing to do for us and what they can do and all the little things. And, you know, the best part of horses is the camaraderie of people. You can talk to so many different people in the horse industry and go, man, I tried this and this was so cool. And I did this with my horse and it was cool. And um, they sure bring some good feelings to us, don't they? They do. They really do. So do I understand that a lot of what you do in your clinics is dealing with the kind of the general recreational rider is? I like to do different disciplines. So like I did a an accelerated program up in Michigan for dressage. I mm-hmm. I like to do the ranch sorting and the cutting. Um, I really like the reining. So I do these different disciplines. I'm just doing them in a more, you know, the people that I work with are more people that are like, for example, I talked to this lady last night and she said, I really want to come to your clinic. I just feel like I don't know enough. I, I'm just not one of those that are, you know, really, I don't remember what words she used, but you know, she's just like, I just kind of ride for fun. And I said, you'll do perfect. You know, that is exactly the kind of rider I want to work with. And she said, but my horse knows more than I do. And I said, Great. I said, so does my phone. My phone knows how to do a lot more than I know how to work it. But that doesn't mean that I can't use it. Right. And I said, the cool part is you want to learn where all the buttons are. So you're just going to a clinic to learn where the extra buttons are, you know, and what else you can do with it. 
And, um, and so that's kind of what I'm, that's most of my clinics are people that are the, either afraid um, and they're dealing with some kind of fear, they're having some kind of horse problem, or they just want to figure out their horse better, but they don't want to be embarrassed. Um, Is there one problem that you see over and over again that, and I'm, I'm calling them recreational riders just to put them in, in that category, but is there one, one problem that you see that people, you know, the way they interact with their horse or the problem that they have that, that you solve time and time again that? I think either speed control, they're wanting to either slow their horse down or speed their horse up. I think that's mm-hmm. a normal one. But I think what I see the most is um, confidence at the lope. You know, that they either don't feel like they can get the correct lead, they don't know how to ask for the lope correctly, or something happens during that lope and they're afraid. Mm -hmm. So it seems like I work with a lot of people on that. You know, I think the main thing that no matter what I always teach at the clinics is the mounting block trick, you know, and getting a horse to come over to the mounting block. Because I don't know, but as I get older, too, like, it's way easier to climb up on a step and then climb on. So it is. And it's better on your horse's back. So but I teach like a trick where they um, they actually you'll just call them over to you and they um, they come over to that to wherever you're standing on you know, and pick you up pretty much. So oh, that that's my favorite too. Yeah. Now uh, you're going to be part of the event that's happening at the V6 uh, ranch in Parkfield, California, which is near Paso Robles on February 22nd through the 26th, along with four other trainers. Can you give us a little insight on what's going to be happening there? Yeah, it's such an incredible opportunity. Well, first, the V6 Ranch is um, an amazing location. You know, the scenic views and just the way they have set up their property is just incredible. And it's a it's a working cattle ranch, I understand. Yes, sir. It's um it's it's really pretty impressive. And everybody, even if the clinic isn't what they can go to, they should go and visit the V6 Ranch, and um, and go and see all that they have to offer because it's pretty impressive. And then we have a unique opportunity in having so many different trainers there to help. And we're trying to keep the base of the clinic into either working cows and learning how to work cows, introduce your horses to cows, learn how to cut, and trail riding, you know, obstacles and how to get your horse safe on the trail. And so those are our two bases. Now, we're always going to do horsemanship on the side of that because Without good horsemanship or without understanding how your horse learns and works, you cannot do those two things successfully. So we have then basically we have four trainers. And in all reality, we have five trainers because we have my assistant with me who's gone through two of my levels of my certification. And she's absolutely impressive. So really, we have five trainers. We have Cole Cameron, which is the son of Craig Cameron. And, you know, and that gets downplayed. Cole is amazing he is so good with a horse and then he's not just learned from his dad he's um, kind of like me he's gone on to learn from tons of other people but I know he spent at least a year or two with Al Dunning learning how to cut correctly and work cows and I mean that is all he did so he's going to be there to show us you know all the um, cow stuff and it's just going to be super cool and then we have Maria is here in the Sacramento area. So the idea with Maria is that she's coming and 
for the people that still have questions after the clinic, well, then they can continue their education. And that's really important because people come to a clinic and they get all inspired. They get going really good with their horse. And then and then a month later, they're like, I don't even remember what we did. And I'm, right. I'm back down in the dumps. And so the idea is to make sure there's a trainer in the area that can continue with these riders to kind of help them. And then we have Dana, who's in the San Francisco area. And again, she, the idea with her is, um, you know, to go on with people that come from that area. And Dana is um, an incredibly good trainer as well, as well as Maria. And then we have Lindsay, which is my assistant. And then we have me. So literally, we have five trainers. I think we're going to have like 15 riders. So pretty much everybody's going to get a lot of personal time working wow. on you know, anything really that they want to. Um, and then the cool part is we're camping there and we're hanging out. So it's not like you just come for the clinic and then at five o'clock it's over and you're done. Well, now we're going to hang right. out. We're going to, you know, I guess Cole's going to give us some roping lessons. So everybody's basically going to be sitting around watching me and laughing. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's pretty much what's going to happen. So, um, but we're just going to have fun. We're going to sit at the campfire. We're going to talk. We're going to, we're going to hang out. It's going to be really amazing. So it's a, it's a cool opportunity. Now, the only thing we're worried about is we have got to ask God to, you know, stop with this rain for just a little bit. So uh -huh. everybody could pray with me to just keep that rain away for just a little bit. That would be really important because I know that all this rain has sure done a lot of damage to your guys' um, area out here in California. Yeah. So it can start, it can restart raining on the 27th after you're that all done. <laughs> that would be ideal. I love the fact that you have, um, that you're going to have the event here in California. And then you have some backup trainers that people can go to because, you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to take notes while you're in the saddle. You're hanging onto the reins, you know, and you're paying attention, but you don't really have a chance to take a uh, pencil and pad out there and go okay now she told me to put my leg when I was doing a circle here and here you know like you said a month after the clinic these people will be able to go to the other trainers and say hey can I get a refresher on what we learned exactly here? and then you know not only are you getting that refresher but you're getting a refresher from a person that was there they saw exactly what worked for you, you know, because not everything works for everybody. So at like a clinic, you know, I'll try and exercise with somebody and go, okay, wait, no, nope, we got to adapt that. We got to adapt that exercise to that horse and rider. And uh -huh. Maria and Dana will, will know what that adaptation was. And so right. they really can kind of help you. Now, what we do in our clinic, um, you know, Maria, Dana, and uh, Lindsay and I, I know that we all have kind of the same base. We will work with somebody and, and you're right as you're writing and working you forget what you're doing or you know you, you you don't go back and write write it down when you're done because you're exhausted right right yeah so what we do is at the end of the clinic we sit down with everybody and we say okay these are the exercises that were really important to you and uh -huh. you know let's write it down and these are your adaptations and we just make sure that and if anything I'll write them down for the people so that they can remember which is which ones they did that are important for them very cool and is this event all inclusive i mean did there are meals included yes sir um so your meals your lodging 
Um, you have your stalls out there. It's all kind of included with the clinic and um, it, it really is. I mean, I only, I get to do two of these clinics a year. I get to do one here at the V6 Ranch and I get to do one in Wyoming. I believe that's one in July. And it's a unique experience to have all of that included, to have all these trainers and to have these unique opportunities. It's not normal. So yeah. when someone goes, oh, I just don't know. I mean, you've got to understand this is not a normal event. And there's, it's such an opportunity. Now, I know Richard Winters also does clinics at the V6 Ranch. And mm-hmm. I would highly recommend looking at those too. Those, um, Richard Winters is pretty darn impressive as well. Yes, yes, he is. And my wife's done a couple of his clinics and has really enjoyed them. Oh, he's, he's amazing. I like the fact that, you know, you you go to the venue, which is a ranch. You have your own horse most of the time. You, you They have horses available, I'm sure. But then all the food, you don't have to worry about anything. All you do is spend time. It's got to be as close to being to experiencing life on a ranch as, as somebody can get, somebody who loves horses can get. Yeah. And it's a retreat. It's, it's, you know, it's a vacation for you and your horse, you know, to go bond, to work on your relationship. It's where you set aside time to work on that relationship, which we should all do with all of our relationships, you know, with our husbands, our wives. But this is how rare is it that you actually get to do that with your horse? Yes. Yeah. Well, as we as we wind this up, Brandy, I, I kind of like to end the show with a little horsemanship tip. If there's something that you could give the average listener who may not be able to make the clinic, but something that they can do with their horse that will improve that relationship, do you have a suggestion? So as far as the best tip that I can think of is to actually just understand your horse. Now, understanding how your horse learns something is exactly like a child learning to read. When you teach a kid to read, you first teach them one letter, you know, and then mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, but do you remember when we were in kindergarten, and we were learning the letters? Do you remember the lines with the dotted line through the middle and we'd have to draw like the A, capital A, lower A, capital A, lower A? I do. Yeah. Do you remember how many times we had to draw that letter A? Oh, dozens. Right. And so the repetition in drawing that just the letter A. And then we drew the letter B and then we drew the letter C. And I think we took almost, you know, it was like, I think you learned like three letters a week kind of a deal, but you kept it simple, right? Right. And then towards the end of the year in your kindergarten year, you start learning the sounds of those letters and then you start putting those sounds together and then you start reading words. And then pretty soon you're in, you know, first grade, second grade, third grade, and you're starting to read these books, And they open up your mind to all new and different ideas. And then you go into middle school and you start learning, you know, about geometry and, you know, uh, chemistry and science and all these different things. And and the idea with school was to open up our minds to to be willing to learn, right? Well, a horse, it's exactly the same thing. Although what we try to do is we try to go to college right away with a horse. And, you know, Ah. and we go like, okay, we want to work on reining. I've always wanted to work on a spin. I'm just going to start pulling them around in a spin. Well, it, it's not like that for a horse. What you have to do is go, okay, it's, this is my kindergartner. And I'm going to teach him the letter S first. And then I'm going to teach him the letter P. And then I'm going to teach him the letter I. And then I'm going to teach him the letter N. And then once that happens, then I'm going to start having the sounds come together. And pretty soon we're spinning. Right. The idea behind horses is we've got to get them 
willing to let us guide them into different maneuvers. But in right. order for them to get willing to let us guide them, they need to understand what that means to give us their body. That's the idea behind training your horse is start slow, start teaching letters, get body control. You know, all of us clinicians push body control, different, you know, get your hips, get your shoulders, get your rib cage, get your neck, get your mouth, get right. this body to move in all different directions at all different speeds. Once you have that, then your horse is now willing to be guided into maneuvers. And so then you start working on, okay, now I want to work on this maneuver. And you kind of put the body together in order to do that maneuver that you are wanting to do. Right. And then that that's great advice because then if you do get into trouble, you to use your word analogy, you can go back because you have the basic knowledge of those letters. You can go back and sound out a word, if you will, to try and figure out where what the meaning is behind that. Right, right. And you're, and you can feel if you're spinning and you don't have a P and you're just sinning, you know, (laughs) that was terrible. But anyway, um, you can feel what's missing and then you can go, Ooh, my P's not there. And then you go back and you go, Hey, your hip isn't here. I need your hip to sit here. And then now, you know, and so because you broke it down, not only for your horse, but now you can feel when something's not right and where it's not right. And, and horses are going to have good days and bad days, and they're not going to remember some things, and they're not going to feel like moving some things. And you can right. go back and go, wait a minute, remember this? And they go, oh, yeah, I do. Because they go back and they go, yep, I remember writing those letters on that line and that dotted line. And all of us feel the same way, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, your horse will feel the same <laughs> way. Oh, yeah, I remember this repetition. And so then they're going to go, I got it. I remember here you go. Here's my hip. We're done. Just spin me. <laughs> that sounds great, Brandy. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Woe Podcast today and giving us a little insight into your life and some ad- advanced tips on how to build a better relationship with your horse. Hope you guys have a great event in February at the V6 Ranch, and we look forward to talking to you again. Well, John, I appreciate it, and thank you, and um, I'm just honored to be on your show, and if any time that you want me back on, I would be, I would just love it, so thank you. Because of the changes to the clinic right before press time, I removed our interview with Maria Liverett. We'll have Maria on the show talking about horses and horsemanship on a future Woe podcast. That'll do it for this show. Thanks to Brandy Lyons and Maria Liverette for joining us on the show today. Find out more about these clinicians and their horsemanship clinics at lionsnolimit.com and riasranch.com. I'll have all the links at wopodcast.com where I, I hope you'll stop by. Hey, would you like to get one horsemanship tip in your email box every week? Join our mailing list. I'm starting something new. Every Friday, I'll send you a quick tip, something you can do to build a better relationship with your horse with just a few minutes practice. Want to learn more about horses and horsemanship? Check out our other episodes while you're there. We have well over a hundred now. You can also find a link to our YouTube channel about our life with horses, dogs, cats, cows, and travel. Some are helpful, some are incredibly silly. Remember, you can subscribe to the Woe Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You'll never miss an episode. If you know someone who you would like to hear on the show, drop me a line. If you have thoughts on this episode or the show in general, it's easy to contact me. 
Send your comments or suggestions to john at wopodcast.com. Hey, thanks again for listening to the show and sharing this podcast with your friends and writing buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John Hare saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.